touch judges are ready. Side of studio. Referee. Players are lined up. Microphones in hand for the restart. It's now time to form the Ruck. The Sunday Rugby Show featuring Wallaby legends Tim Horan and Matt Burke. Sensational effort. The Ruck. FX Pro Super Rugby. Support your team. Get to the game. It's Rugby Supercharged. Hello and welcome. Yes, it was the redemption. The Wallabies, never in doubt, thrashing Wales 27-19 last night. Who remembers last Tuesday? Who remembers last Friday? <laughs> what was last Tuesday? What nothing, to, no, nothing to talk of. Nothing to nothing see here, happened. Australia and Scotland. That didn't exist. Uh, we may, in fact, get a little bit uh, of a chat about that later in the show. In fact, uh, Timmy Horan, uh, good morning to you. Berkey, good morning to you. Southern Hemisphere rugby was a winner uh, overnight. New Zealand, 42, uh, knocked off Ireland, 10. As I said, the Wallabies over there with the Wales and South Africa, 22 beat England, 17. This should kind of be a Southern Hemisphere anthem, don't you think? Some kind of thing keeps us together. It's it's good, isn't it? Timmy, did you break out the Anzac jersey last night just in uh, <laughs> in readiness for a, a whitewash? But uh, you're right, that it was great. And it was dominance by all all teams. Um, that England, 17, was a, uh, literally a try on the 80th minute. So it was a, a little bit sort of closer than what it expected. But Timmy, it was a good night all for um, for the Southern Hemisphere teams. Yeah, wasn't it uh, a great match in New Zealand? New Zealand, uh, as you said, 42 over Ireland, 10. And uh, I think they've found their new Jonah Lomu over there in New Zealand, the All Blacks, the 21-year-old Julian Surveyor, who obviously has had a really good super rugby tournament with Wellington, the Hurricanes. But he scored three tries within 17 minutes, either side of half-time, and uh, a wonderful player. So they just keep finding them, the the All Blacks. But, yeah, the Springboks, good win against England. And... Uh, the Wallabies last night here in Brisbane were um, were superb in the first sort of 45 minutes, backed off a little bit, and then Will Genia just took control of the game. It was outstanding. Yeah. We're going to talk to a uh, thousand test veteran Nathan Sharp uh, next. He'll join us here on the Ruck. Look, I, I kind of knew the Wallabies were going to go well. Uh, it comes down to anthems. You, you boys know mm-hmm. that. You've stood there uh, shoulder to shoulder with your mates and sung the anthem. And, uh, you know, I heard a couple of anthems earlier in the week. I heard the State of Origin anthem sung by that, you know, the girl from Annie with the red wig, which doesn't really inspire. Didn't, didn't work. It didn't work, no. <laughs> uh, so the Welsh... The, the, I think the, play, the players were starting to cry, weren't they? <laughs> they were. The Welsh, they're noted. They often win the anthem. They're singers. Mm. You know, they, they goes along, the, the camera pans along and they're belting it out. Uh, and the, whoever she was, uh, excuse me for not knowing her name, she was uh, having a big a lovely warble. Big breath. Good. It's good. Now then our bloke comes, he strides out, and I don't know where he's from. He, he's one of those nerdy looks. He looks like he's an accountant. <laughs> uh, he's got the tie, he's got the glasses, the hair combed over from the side. Uh, and, Do- and Dominic Walsh, it was, performing the national anthem for Australia. Thank you, Tim. Uh, and De- Deborah, <laughs> and also De- Deborah Humble for the Welsh national anthem. So well, it's all that research, Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. Tim. <laughs> Deborah Humble. That was Deborah Humble you just heard. Okay, so this is Dominic. Now, what I loved about it, and I knew he'd done the anthem, he'd done the kind of uh, opera Australia style. And it's the big final note. Right then, I knew could not be beaten. This is the Ruck. Nathan Sharp is next. This is the Ruck. There it is. One of Australia's many national anthems. Low cold chisel, <laughs> cheap wine, and a three-day growth. This you can have any. You can have any cold chisel song yeah. for an anthem, couldn't you? For this, for Australia. 
Absolutely. Well, K-San, I think, is really, that's the national anthem uh, that most of us want and hope for. All well, the Australian cricketers, they used to walk back in their dressing room and say, boy, is that sing the anthem? Yeah. It was, <laughs> Straight into it. It wasn't Advanced Australia Fair. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> uh, this is the Rocket Your Sunday Rugby Show. As we mentioned last night, the Wallabies did, it was redemption. Australia 27 beat Wales 19 uh, after, a, look, I'm just going to call it a minor hiccup now, mm. in Newcastle in atrocious weather. Any game where the, some bloke has to lie down and hold the footy for the other bloke to kick so it doesn't blow off the tee. What about, what about that? Do I really have to lie in the mud? <laughs> oh, no. And one man, one man who didn't have to lie in the mud uh, because he's above that is, of course, Wallaby legend. The man who's played 4,000 uh, tests for Australia. I'm, of course, talking about Nathan Sharp, who joins us right here, right now. Nathan, thank you so much. How you going, fellas? Uh, very well. Congratulations on the win last night. There must have been in that dressing room, not just for Robbie Deans, but for all of you after what had happened on Tuesday and after, I guess, the, the mauling in the media, it must have been some sense of relief rather than just uh, excitement. Look, I think after, you know, in my time in rugby, it's, it's really had such a tough week playing a test on Tuesday. And I know that, that the boys uh, in the old days used to, used to play, uh, you know, Tuesday to Saturday, but it's something that's a bit foreign for, uh, for the guys here, so... The guys playing the Super Rugby game on the Saturday or Friday, then playing Tuesday and then uh, Saturday again. Plus, uh, you know, obviously what happened with, during the week, it, it was just a good way to finish what had been a pretty tough seven days. And Sharpie, uh, Tim here, there was a few of the players obviously backing up yourself. Will Genia, uh, David Pocock played right through for 80 minutes. Uh, it was your 11th test match against the Welsh, uh, a, a record for any Australian Wallaby player. Uh, you got a little knock on the, uh, on the right eye. How was that, mate? It looked like it knocked you around earlier on in the game. Yeah, mate, it hasn't affected my good looks too much. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's fine, it's fine, mate. I, uh, I, I whacked my thumb with about 20 to go, so um, that's pulled up fine this morning. So, you know, back into it next weekend. And I think, you know, we spoke about it after the, in the change room afterwards. It's really important how we respond after the win last night. Um, you know, we've, we've got a front office of the business again next week. And, and the beauty about it is we get, uh, you know, we get six days rest this week rather than three. Sharpie, Berkey here, mate. Um, that game, i just got to take you back to Newcastle and how the conditions yep. were. We were up there uh, watching. Please don't do that, mate. No, 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 it's all right. No, the, the, the question's not so much going to be about that. It's going to be, mate, you're retiring soon. You know that if you go over to Europe, that's what you're going to get week in, week out. So, mate, hang up the boots fully. <laughs> well, there's no, there's no intention of me going overseas, Berkey, that's for sure. <laughs> no, I, tell, uh, mate, tell me, you, you, you spoke about the game yeah, backing up. How, how difficult was that to be able to, one, get the cohesion going, get the... the the skills going, get the understanding going when it's pretty much chop and change for the last sort of, you know, sort of seven, eight, nine, ten days. Yeah, look, it was very difficult because we had that situation where, you know, in the week's preparation, we had the Reds and the, and the Force members there, and, and then the Brumbies and Waratahs came in after their games, and it was a bit helter skelter. And then we, we changed all those again after the Tuesday game. So, you know, effectively, we, we've been running through our plays, you know. Inside and outside sort of training, you know, particularly lineouts and starter moves and things like that. So it was a very good commitment from the guys, and and, and uh, something that I don't think many guys have been used to. And you know, certainly myself, not not used to that sort of uh, intensity preparation. It's very different uh, result for for the pack, wasn't it, from uh, Scotland to Wales? Giving Will Genia the space to work some magic, he was terrific. Look, I think, yeah, Will was great last night, but I, I thought the pack was actually was actually pretty good against Scotland as well. You know. Uh, the one thing that can be misleading, I know a couple of you guys are there, but in that sort of weather, you know, I heard people sort of say we should have played a bit more expansively in that wet. Well, you know, it's easier said than done, you know. So, uh, you know, in that game against Scotland, I definitely think we should have we should have taken that game and, and uh, we let that one slip without a doubt. But, um, you know, the, 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 
performance from the forward pack in the last two weeks has been pretty good, I think. Mate, so you, you're saying you're blaming the backs for the poor performance? Is that what you're saying? Two classic <laughs> forwards versus backs? That's how it goes, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Sharpie, what about um, the... I thought the fours were sensational last night. You, we were commentating on the game, and to actually see the, how quick Will Guinea was getting to the breakdown and the quick ball that was coming, it was nearly nearly too quick for him, the, the pace of the ball was coming out. But yourself, Rob Simmons, uh, Sakopi Kepo, I thought was outstanding, and Scotty Higginbotham, um, just the way that you were getting to the breakdown and creating that quick ball, which allowed the backs a bit more space last night. Yeah, to me, you know, to be honest, you know, after about 20 minutes, we looked at the Welsh and, and you know, they were absolutely rooted. They were out their feet. And uh, it wasn't until that second half where they managed to hang on onto a bit of possession that they got, sort of got back into the game because I don't think they were used to playing at that sort of tempo. So, uh, you know, as you said, that quick ball that, that you spoke of, uh, if you can get quick ball, it's very hard to defend against. And, and that game <clears throat> probably could have gone one or two ways at 17-3 there at that stage. We, we were sort of starting to, to put the foot on the throat, so to speak. They got a bit of possession, and, and they're a quality team. You know, they don't, they don't become six nation champions for uh, for no reason. And um, you know, I think they showed their class coming back. Uh, Sharpie, just tell our listeners last question before you go. Obviously, what's your plans now going forward? You've hopefully, if you get selected in these last two Test matches, and then you play three games of Super Rugby, and that's it for you, rugby wise. That's it, mate. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'll even uh, play club rugby. I'll, I'll go down and drink a few beers and. and uh, Gold Nollies, Gold Nollies with the purple oh, shorts Nollies, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, purple shorts. I might have a few, uh, few, few trips with you and Berkey, mate, having a run around in the, uh, <laughs> in the, in the Veterans League. <laughs> Look, a few drinks with Sharpie. He's a large gentleman, oh. I tell you. He could become a future publican. He'd yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be able to fill the boots, wouldn't he? Yeah. Sharpie, always great to talk to you. Congratulations uh, on last night. And look, I'm sure we'll catch up on this show before your career is finished, mate. Thanks, fellas. Good on you. Have a good well day. Done, good on you, Sharpie. Well, there he is. Uh, 103 tests uh, he has played for Australia, of course. Nathan Sharp. Terrific bloke. Uh, plenty ahead right here on The Ruck. This is The Ruck. It's Black Keys, Lonely Boy. This is The Ruck. Before the Wallabies uh, played last night, Quade Cooper dropped into the studio. Now, Tim, of course, you, uh, you were there in Brisbane. He's announced that he will and did it, and did it actually on, on the, uh, the coverage. He's re-signed with the Queensland Reds. Now, his deal apparently worth $1.2 million, uh, plus. So he's a three-year deal. So there's all the talk about him wanting to play rugby league. But that now ties him uh, to the code until the next World Cup, which is a good thing. I guess we, we talked about redemption earlier. He's certainly, after that, the next World Cup after his performance in New Zealand uh, last year. Uh, so your thoughts on that first, boys. And then, of course, he did mention the, well, let's say, the slight fracas that happened mm. uh, early in the week with, with him and Kirtley Beale at a hotel. So so, Timmy, what's your understanding of uh, both of those things? Well, I think it's uh, it's great for Australian rugby that um, that Quade Cooper's now signed uh, with the Reds for for three more years, and and more importantly, as you mentioned, Tony, it takes him through to to play the British and Irish Lions next year, which will be a wonderful um, um, Test match series, and then he can ne- play the next World Cup. I think because of his performance in the Rugby World Cup last year, two thousand eleven, uh, he was disappointed the way he played. He disappointed that he injured his knee, and now he's just on the comeback trail, and maybe. Maybe the value wasn't there in rugby league anymore like it was before the Rugby World Cup. So yep. it's great for Australian rugby, great for Queensland rugby. He's yet to he announced it himself, and the Queensland Rugby Union didn't announce it because um, for our listeners, you have to agree with the Australian Rugby Union as well, um, which will ha- t- probably take another couple of weeks now for Quade Cooper and his management. So, um, so he, he probably announced it a bit early, but he was quite keen to get it out there. Um, and then the small incident that happened 
during the week at a, uh, a Brisbane um, hotel. I don't think there's much in it from what I've heard. There's um, Quade Cooper's got nothing to answer for. He uh, he was just out with Kurtley Beale having a drink, playing some pool. And um, and these days, um, as we've seen, Berkey, um, with Nick Darcy and Kenrick Monk, the way that professional sports people, it's a bit like being part of your own Truman show because there's cameras everywhere and there's um, the social media is rife these days. So they have a responsibility, yes, when they're in um, the public eye, but certainly it doesn't stop them from having a normal life either. Yeah, or exactly. And poor behaviour is inexcusable no matter who it is. Mm. Uh, but it's, it's you're right. And it's, I guess is the question of how poor the behaviour is. Because I, I want to get to the Kendrick Monk thing in, in a moment. The Quade Cooper, uh, what did you think? Uh, well done on signing. I think, yeah, I think it's great news. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's been an asset for Australian rugby, no doubt about it. It's great to see that uh, he's, he has committed for, a, for that length of time as well. Remember before it was like a, a one year, everyone's yeah. scratching their head saying, well, hang on, mate, if you want to play, like, let's, let's go hard. So well done on that regard. It's amazing how much uh, information gets uh, l- released, um, built up, if that's the case, from the incident on, on Tuesday, I think it was, or Wednesday um, yep. in Brisbane. And we have to wait and see. We, we don't know. And I think, Timmy, as you said, there is footage, but let's bring it out. And, if, and I think he said that last night, did he? Yeah, Quade Cooper said, uh, I've got, you know, no problems here. If there's CCTV footage, bring it out. It'll show that, you know, him, Quade Cooper, has done nothing wrong. He's walked out of the hotel and went back inside to uh, get a friend and there was a bit of a fracas between uh, Kurtley Beale and the bouncer, apparently, uh, allegedly. So that'll all come out. I don't think there was too much on it. All right, Timmy, let's get to it, though. I mean, he, he said that he was doing what you know, young blokes do, going out and pool. He's not just a regular young bloke, though. He does wear a wallaby jersey that does carry with it some sense of uh, responsibility. So perhaps you do have to be perhaps more uh, careful about how you are. Because it is all perception, isn't it? It's, it perception is reality. Yeah, it is, and you know the the old saying of nothing good happens out after midnight. Y- yep. Yes, that's right. But they're still they're only young kids. These guys. Yes, they've got responsibility. Um, whether they're in a wallaby camp or whether they're out on their own, doing their own uh, rounds of the town or whether they're out at a, at a friend's barbecue. So they've got responsibilities. Um, they are. Uh, I suppose role models for a lot of young kids around Australia who, who not only play the game but just play sports. So there's a huge responsibility there. But in saying that, they still got to go out and enjoy themselves and have a break away from the game. Timmy, were they were they a part of the squad at the time? Were they, were they a part of, uh, I suppose, in camp with the Wallabies? Yeah, they were. They're, so they're in the uh, the training squad. Um, Quade Cooper was there to uh, for rehabilitation for his knee, and also Curtly Beal was part of the squad. Curtly Beal's very close to coming back for the test match on Saturday, uh, the second test match against the Welsh in Melbourne. That was his plan, and it might be a few, few more weeks later yet. Yeah, well, the, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I said. I said it to, to Dan Ganane the other day about, OK, if it have gone out, it's all alleged. We don't know how the extent of the, uh, the incident and the rest of it, but for the fact that these guys were out and still recovering from injuries and, and what have you and, and, and obviously weren't available for the test matches, that's where I sort of get a little bit, so, well, hang on, boys, like, you shouldn't be doing that. I, and I understand you can go and have a drink, you can go do your stuff and... and and have a good time, but if your goal is to play Test match rugby, yeah. surely then you'd be tucked away in bed, so to speak. Yeah. All right. What about the other then? Well, let's go to Nick Darcy to Kenrick Monk. Now these two Olympians have been chosen for Australia. They're off to London now. They were photographed and they did it themselves. This isn't something that's got out. It is certainly social media, but they've posted themselves those photographs of them with the rifles. They're in a gun store in a legal venue and illegal to hang on to these guns. Now, they've, this is a, a case of, I guess, because of their, their history, uh, the media has absolutely jumped all over this. Mm. Now, the latest is, of course, that they've been told, so far as I know, from Swimming Australia, that they're, they, they're going to the Olympics, but because swimming is in the first week. Once their events, once they've competed, they'll be going home. They won't be staying on with the rest of the team. Uh, now, 
they've been, let's face it, they've both been stupid in various areas of their lives recently, uh, but they have been absolutely savaged on mm. this. So, uh, so far as I know, there is in the Australian Olympic team a couple of blokes who carry shotties around all the time and guns, like Michael Diamond, for example. Uh, it just seems a little bit over the top to me that this photograph, which, you know, it, it, silly, yes, suddenly these guys are being equated with, you know, criminals. It, it's... Over the top, way over the top, and they, they've been absolutely smashed. And, and I think it's because you're right, um, uh, Tony. There's is there perhaps the indiscretions in the past, and they've just been chucked in a in a um, in a uh, or in together to say, hey, this is the wrong thing. Okay, probably not the smartest photo, but you know, no harm. Come on, boys. Like, what about Michael Diamond had uh, you know was there in yeah. the speedos? <laughs> that would have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but I'll tell you what, like, you walk into a gun shop uh, and you're having a look around, you're going to take a photo. Like, if they really want to stop at Swimming Australia, I mean, the All Blacks did this through the World Cup in 2011. They banned Twitter and they banned Facebook for the players yep. during the tournament. And I think that was a great idea. Um, and they sh- maybe Swimming Australia need to do that. But um, I know, think those two blokes are as well. I think they're, they're now not allowed to, to do anything social media-wise through the Olympics. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Gee, that would be hard with like cutting off an arm or a leg, really, wouldn't it, for, for a young, young person? <laughs> <laughs> this is the Ruck. It's your Sunday rugby and life show. This is the Ruck. That's the Red Hot Chili Peppers breaking the girl. This is the Ruck. It's your Sunday rugby show. No uh, super rugby going on this weekend, of course, with the international footy. New Zealand 42 beat Ireland 10. Australia 27 over Wales 19. South Africa 22 beat England 17. Club rugby in Sydney uh, wasn't played. Timmy, of course, you never stop in Brisbane, do you? Very anything. No, we don't. We don't have a rain delay. We don't no. have a, uh, a weekend off. So, mm-hmm. bit of club rugby yesterday in uh, Brisbane. Norths thirty-six beat West twenty-seven. GPS thirty-two beat Sunshine Coast three. Sunnybank thirty-four beat Brothers seventeen. East thirty-six, South twenty-eight. And University had a big win, 45-15 to 15 over the Gold Coast. So uh, some good results. It was the start of the ski season yesterday as well, so that, oh, that's course. why they had the bye. Of course. <laughs> Everyone goes in there, just get out of your system so you don't wreck it for the rest of the year. <laughs> All right, look, uh, here's a question without notice before we get back to the rugby. Uh, gentlemen, I, I know and I trust you, uh, 80, you know, 161 tests be- between you, but that gives you an insight into life, I think. Uh, <laughs> I, now, look, where I live, uh, there's a back lane. And in that back lane, people put their, their garbage bins. You live in a back lane? No, no, my, my house backs onto a back okay, lane, quite, okay. you know, <laughs> cannily. Uh, so the, the bins are there all week, okay, outside, all week, all along the street, people's bins just sit out there. Now, um, the question for you is, because at the moment with the, the, the two young children and, and certainly the, the 15-week-old baby, I'm going through a lot of garbage, particularly nappies, nasty nappies. So uh, I'm wondering when, what the etiquette surrounding bins is. How far away from bin night or how far into bin night am I allowed to put my dirty nappies, not my own personally, of course, but my child's, into somebody else's bin? Uh, oh. can, I, can I do right. it, you know, three, three days out if I'm walking around? Can I see, the, look, that, that's an empty bin, red top. I can, uh, you know, I'll use that. Or do I have to wait <laughs> until I think the person has actually put all their rubbish out on the night and then go? I think you've got a you got a you got a four hour grace. So once the bin's out, soon yeah. as soon as your next door neighbour puts the bin out, but that's the bins open are there slather. all week. The well, bin, that's the open bins slather. Don't go back in. Well, that's open slather. But <gasps> when in Brisbane here we yeah. have, I think you've got about a forty eight hour um, time frame to bring your bin back in. So somebody mm. corporate saying, okay, you can't leave your bin out on the side sidewalk for you know the whole seven days and then not keep loading your, your rubbish up. Yeah. You've actually got to bring your bin back, back inside. But right. open slow, with your bin's outside, it's free game. It's free game. Okay, see, see I, I, um, 
the way I do it, Tony, I'm like you. I've got the mm-hmm. two young ones as well, so yes. there's there's a little bit of a nappy issue there. I thought you guys would be sort of more sort of environmentally friendly and have the and not the disposable nappies, but the old cloth nappies with the, uh, <laughs> the safety, safety pin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember right. a great story. A great story from John Connolly, the ex Wallaby coach. Uh, when he's um, young boys, when they were sort of um, six months old, one of them was screaming through the night. And he went in there, and it was 2 o'clock in the morning, and changed the nappy in the dark, came back, couldn't realise why he, oh, his little boy no. kept screaming, and he'd put the safety pins oh. through the skin. <laughs> uh, uh, Disposable nappies, boys. Yeah, yeah, let's, the the times. Yeah, let's go. Um, I, um, uh, I reckon it's, it's, it's been night, yeah. and then for us it's been night, so the bins come in, like you were saying, Timmy. And then it, I, I, there's an 11 o'clock walk. I just go out there and do the walk. But the great thing about it How is... How far from your bin before you start dropping? Well, see, the thing is, uh, 1A John's a uh, good friend of Triple M lives down the road. Joey. So he's about... He's 123 steps away. So oh, thanks, Joe. I just go and load up. But I think that... <laughs> <laughs> if I give you some stuff, can you put it in his garbage well, bin? Yeah, well, do you lift Joey's... Uh, do you lift the, uh, the lid up of his bin? So I'll just have a look what's in Joey's <laughs> bin this week. <laughs> that, would be, that would surprise do you. Know, do you know what also, Tony? I, I think we have to dive a little bit deeper into this. And, and Timmy, maybe you can get Bunnings in here a couple of times. I think you've got to have your own bin, a yes. separate bin to load up because you've got issue with smell. Yes, and and so it doesn't affect you. But if you go start dropping, you know, I mean we've had some wet days in Sydney, but if it gets up to sort of yeah, 35, 40 degrees inside that bin there. My issue that is that I don't have the sense of smell. That, you're that's saying. What I'm yes, it's an advantage it's yeah, an on advantage. this occasion, I have to tell you. Uh, uh, Timmy, it, uh, you actually, Berkey, you noticed this. We're, we're going to talk Timmy through what happened in the Scotland game. You were watching and some commentary you know, caught your ear. It was, it was indeed. And uh, I enjoy the commentary from uh, from Tim, but there was an instance last night to mm-hmm. where you've, you've used it once before here and. Mm-hmm. It sounded like this. He's had a very good game, Craig Joubert. Tight forward down. He actually refereed one of the 2015 World Cup qualifiers not so long ago between Mexico and Jamaica, which would have been interesting. You can see there... He didn't get the reaction he was no, looking for, not, did he? Not the, not the best of reactions. <laughs> I think my, co- my co-commentator, Greg Clark, <laughs> he was out getting another meat pie, so I was on my own at that stage. <laughs> right, so. no. See, because obviously the idea of those two teams playing each other is terrific. But, mm. see, Berkey, what we did when you brought that to our attention, we decided to have a closer listen to what was actually going on when Tim did say that. He's had a very good game, Craig Joubert. Tight forward down. He actually refereed one of the... 2015 World Cup qualifiers not so long ago between Mexico and Jamaica, which would have been interesting. Is that the crowd that yeah. was watching the game, the qualifier? <laughs> no reaction at all. Got the crickets. See, Timmy, now what we did, because you work here with us in a very, I don't know, what's the environment? Well, I did it for all our listeners. I did it for all our Ruck listeners. That's why I did it. So everyone who listens they to knew. the Ruck, yeah. would, they would have known that we were supporting Mexico. That's right. Um, and, and they got knocked out. And Timmy, you know what they were? You, the Ruck listeners who were watching telly last night, when they listened to it, this is what they heard. He's had a very good game, Craig Joubert. Tight forward down. He actually refereed one of the 2015 World Cup qualifiers not so long ago between Mexico and Jamaica, which would have been interesting. <laughs> There you go. That's how it works. Feel the love and support of the Ruck family. <laughs> this is your Sunday rugby show. This is the Ruck. Sex on fire, apparently, Berkey. Uh, this is the Ruck. I don't know why I mentioned your name. I feel a bit disturbed now. The uh, the Reds, <laughs> they're not playing, of course. The Super Rugby uh, gets a weekend off for the international footy that's been played over the weekend. The question, though, now, the obviously for Australian, uh, the interests are with the Brumbies and with the Reds. The Brumbies in third place, 49 points. 
The Reds, are they going to get there? Like Timmy Horan, obviously wearing the... I, I look at him on the computer screen. He's in, in the Brisbane studio uh, with his maroon. Always mm. wears a maroon. Always does. Always. Never Just reminds it. us. Mm. When he when his business suiting up, that maroon suit looks very nice, by the way. Where else but Queensland? Yeah, where else <laughs> but Queensland? Uh, okay, are they going to get there? How are they going to get there? Well, I think they'll just sneak in, Tony. They've obviously three matches to go, and they've got the Rebels away on the Friday night um, after the third Welsh Test match. So, uh, And then they come back home for two games. So they play the Highlanders then on the Friday night, and then they play the last game against the Waratahs. So that match against the Waratahs is going to be crucial, but the, probably the, the most crucial match will be against the Highlanders on the Friday night, their second game back. So because the Highlanders are sitting on 44 points, the same as the Reds on 44 so the, the Reds are sitting ninth at the moment, Highlanders on 44 at 8, and the Sharks only one point above them on 45. So I actually think, Berkey, that the Reds will possibly squeeze into that sixth position, mm. and then if the Brumbies stay in the third position, which it looks like they will, um, the Brumbies potentially may host the Reds in Canberra ah. for that first match. So especially third place sixth. The, the, the thing about it, Timmy, as you mentioned, uh, the Reds have three games to finish off with. The Highlanders, the Sharks and the Hurricanes all around that same area have the bye in there as well. So they, they collect that easy four points. Then the Sharks play Bulls, Cheaters, tough rounds. Hurricanes play Crusaders, Chief, tough rounds. And then the Highlanders, as you mentioned, they play the Reds but also the Chiefs. So it, it's you don't want to rely on maths to get you through but no. it looks all right with Rebels and maybe Tars, you know, to, Timmy, to finish off with. Yeah, you can't you can't drop a game for the Reds, and, no. and same as the Brumbies as well. The Reds, if they win a, if they win all three, and the Brumbies drop one, maybe it maybe two. But the the Brumbies have got a pretty good run home as well. If you're a footy player and your season basically is gone out the window, like the Waratahs, there would be certain moments you'd be looking for yeah. that you can actually enjoy. One would be thinking, okay, we've got the Reds, we can affect their path. We can deny. We can deny. That's mm. is that what you kind of do when, when your season, what you can achieve, has been reduced. That's what it comes well, down to. Well, it does. You can you can upset other teams, and the the Brumbies did that a couple of times last year. They they beat the Reds last year, but probably more importantly for the Waratahs, they've got now. Well, they're not playing for these three weeks. They've got, I know they've got a, a a bit of a game in between these Test matches, but they've got six weeks to organise their Mad Monday. <laughs> it should be a beauty. Oh, be massive! You, usually, you never know when it's coming. Like when your game's going to when it's going to finish. When you when the season's finishing. Yeah, well, it's, it's nearly it's nearly like the guys who. Uh, who uh, have uh, having a baby and they go in for a a C section? Well, not they. Got the the wife, guys having a baby. The wife yeah, goes in for a C section. Yeah. All of a sudden they say, "Yeah, mate, uh, two o'clock on this day." And you get, "Mate, how do you know?" So, mate, it's already booked in. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all ready to go. <laughs> so the Waratahs are making plans already. I like it, Timmy. Yeah. Well, uh, the day after that Mad Monday, with all the time to organise it, clearly there'll be little Waratahs with a little strapping around their head, looking like Dave Taylor, the Queensland Rugby League player, saying, <laughs> "What happened to you? <laughs> Fell out of bed. Sure, you did. <laughs> this is this is the ruck still ahead. The radio segment. The entire world is talking about it. It's Tim Horan's around the world." In 60 seconds. This is the rock. Sound of winter. The sound of winter, of course, is the sound of large men running stupidly fast into each other. In any kind of sport, rugby will do. Uh, now, uh, before I get to around the world in 60 seconds, before Timmy Horan does, we'd mentioned before uh, the song Dave Taylor and that wonderful injury, the falling out of bed injury. There have been some terrific stupid injuries of late, haven't there? Simon Black, the, um, the Brisbane uh, AFL player, he uh, did his knee mm. rocking his son. To sleep. <laughs> now, either his son's 32 or he's got a bad technique going on there. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what's happening. The, the camera raider who's, who's out for the year uh, with the trampolining accident. Mm. Toe. Toe. Go on. It's brilliant. Oh, it's great, isn't it? Mm. 
I've, I've never done anything no. stupid. No. Timmy, have you done stupid things? <laughs> You're moving on swiftly. Of course not. You swear. Burke is screwing away. Uh, what about the Scottish game on, on Tuesday night in Newcastle? Yes. People would have seen at the end of the game, the Scots were so happy to have kicked that goal right on full time to beat the Wallabies first time for many, many years mm-hmm. uh, in Australia. And two of the players ran up to jump on each other and hug each other. One was Joe Ainsbro, yeah. um, who was a, a winger for the night. It was freezing cold, minus five degrees, and hadn't touched the ball. Hadn't made a tackle all game, which is probably typical for a winger. Yep. And and then they jump up and they headbutt each other in their celebrations. Great. And he gets twelve stitches across the top of his right eye. Uh, probably the, the other, the other, there was only really only two highlights of that test match. And the second one was right on full time when that happened. There was a Scottish supporter that ran out of the field and he was chased by about six security guards. And he had, of course, he had the the, the Scottish kilt on. And he went across to a packed grandstand and just lifted his kilt up to the grandstand. He got the biggest cheer of the night, but it probably probably wasn't a good idea in a minus five windshield factor. So... Uh, I love it. You, you boys were a bit cold as well. I noticed at the end uh, there, Timmy, during that game. You, yes, you're yeah, on the we sideline. Were, yeah, we were sitting outside there, and the producer said to us, "You want to sit inside or outside?" We said, "No, we want, let's get the atmosphere and let the people at home see how cold it is." <laughs> <laughs> the heavens opened. It, yeah. it makes it tough when you've got all this. Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> Your cheeks are going numb as well. It, it felt like I was drink back in Fiji drinking kava. Uh, yeah. Fiji, so you've already ta- taken us. You've started our journey uh, around the world because this is the moment everybody has waited for. And now it's time for Australia's favourite radio segment, hosted by Australia's favourite human being, Tim Horan. If his hair can survive the conditions in Newcastle during the week, there's nothing he can't do. Now, without further ado, it's time for Around the Rugby World in 60 seconds. But this week, Timmy, we have a little challenge for you. Every country you talk about, you have to speak in their accents. Okay, good. You're already 20 seconds in, by the way. Oh, fantastic. Well, we're talking about the French National Championship. (laughs) (laughs) Toulouse versus Toulon. Matt Guido and Johnny Wilkinson, who played for Toulon, uh, have lost the final 18 12, the (laughs) Trilus final. And what about what about India and Guam? They played the 2015 World Cup qualifiers. India, they got beaten. I tell you what, man. (laughs) And then we're talking about the. What about the tennis, though? Djokovic and Nadal in the French Open well, final. Well, that's all we have time for <laughs> around the rugby world in 60 seconds. Fantastic. Possibly oh, the last episode on of this show. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. It was great while it lasted. Jimmy oh, fantastic. Moore. Oh, brilliant. What was the tennis you were saying there? I, I took got very interested at the end there. What were you at, Well, I'm, you just, oh, I'm just going to say the French Open final tonight at Roland oh, Garros. Yeah. Uh, Djokovic and Nadal. I'm uh, going straight to... Uh, the bottle shop getting a nice bottle of uh, rosé to sit and watch that tonight will be fantastic. That will be good because we've got Djokovic, of course, is going for the, a four consecutive Grand Slam. So to have hold all four in, in a year would be brilliant. Mm. Uh, and I think for Rafa, it'll be seven. The seven French homers he's going for. Amazing uh, match. Of course, Sharapova went past Irani fairly easy in the women's final. That, sadly, is where we have to pull up stumps for this week. We'll catch you again uh, next weekend. A lot of Super Rugby coming up. Timmy? Can you say goodbye in French or something, Timmy? That was outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> no, no good. No good. Uh, <laughs> Allianz. 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 Allianz.
ex Waratahs captain, Australia's most capped fullback ever, Matthew Burke. Matt Burke. It's got to be a try. This is The Ruck, the Sunday rugby show.